more calls for peer support workers to play a bigger role in the mental health and addiction system. A new paper released by Tehiringa Mahara, the Mental Health and Wellbeing Commission, is highlighting the significant contribution peer support workers make, thanks to their unique first-hand understanding of distress, addiction and recovery. At the moment, they account for almost 3.5% of the total workforce. Joining me now is the Chief Executive of Tehiringa Mahara, Karen Osborne. Kia ora, Karen. What's the benefit of having these peer support workers? Oh, kia ora. Um, peer support workers, as you said, are people with their own lived experience of mental distress or problematic substance use. And it's a broad role supporting people to make their own choices in their recovery, um, helping them to navigate the system and advocate for services and support they need. And it really makes a difference to those people who are accessing services. They can help them to see hope from someone who has already been there and recovered through um, their journey and through their own experience of distress. And it really improves the quality of life and experience of services that people have. And are these roles full-time? Are they paid? Um, yes, they are paid roles, and they can be a mix of full and part-time, um, so a range of um, arrangements, which you would expect with any workforce. Mm. And how are you planning to encourage more people to become peer support workers? Well, we really want to see a, a plan, a workforce plan for mental health and addiction services that includes growing the peer support workforce because we've seen significant investment in new mental health and addiction services and translating this to actually services on the ground needs a really solid workforce plan. So there's a number of things that can be done to attract people and that's about um, organisations having a really um, solid uh, consumer leads within the organisation, but also making sure that there's the right training, mentoring, supervision provided, there's roles that are by Māori for Māori, mm. um, there's career pathways. So there's a number of things that can be done to attract people into these roles. And at the moment, there's only about 3.5%, uh, they make up 3.5% of the workforce. So what have been the challenges in growing that number to today? Well, look, I, what this paper does is it brings together information about the sort of the evidence and the support for the roles and yeah, the status in terms of the numbers of people in these positions. And so what we want to see is um, having that information there supports people who are making decisions about new services and have that um, basis to then invest in, in growing that workforce as well as the um, training and, and other supports that are needed so that we can encourage people into these roles. We know that people with lived experience, many people um, volunteer in, in these types of roles mm. and are deeply motivated to help other people who are experiencing distress. So there's a lot of opportunity here. Thank you for your time today. That's Karen Osborne, Chief Executive of the Mental Health and Wellbeing Commission.